Hey everyone, uh, welcome out to episode 184 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, and uh, before we get any further, a little heads up to our sponsor, sponsor audible.com, with over 100,000 titles to choose from. Uh, get a free audiobook and a 14-day trial just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. That's audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. So... I'm not going to reiterate too much, but uh, this is what I like to call collateral damage, part three of three. Um, the most damage was originally done with episode 180, and uh, the prequel to that, or the or what the direct sequel that 180 is to, is episode 178, and this is like to round out the trilogy, I guess. I don't know. Um, if you want to hear the whole story, go to episode 180, listen to that, and you can hear why... Uh, th- there's been a bit of a switcheroo here. Uh, if you want to find, listen to the original content, go to the GBG app, uh, I believe, and I'm going to try to take it down as soon as I can, but until then, here, uh, you know, get your, get your full chalk of crazy. Um, yeah, so, anyway, this particular episode of The Good, The Bad, and Geeky, uh, is switched out with the Good News Everyone podcast, a podcast about my love of Futurama, featuring myself and Rachel Fox Barber, um, it originally premiered under the GBG Presents banner. So, here is the new version of episode 184 of The Good, The Bad, and the a.k.a. a preview of the GBG Presents, The Good News, Everyone podcast. The podcast you're about to listen to may explain explicit content. Parental discretion is advised. Good news, everyone. Several years ago, I tried to log on to AOL, and it just went through. We're online. Prepare for the stereophonic experience. Hey everyone, welcome out to the Good News Everyone podcast, uh, part of the GBG Presents here. And this is our pilot episode. And along with me is, and this is actually the first time we've really talked. So, Rachel, I, I know you as Rachel. Is that what you want to go by, or do you have like a, a name you would like to use on the show, or do you just want to go by Rachel? I'm okay with Rachel. It's worked pretty well for the last 24 years or so, so let's stick with that for so, now. Then that's fantastic. So... <laughs> So, uh, one of the things I wanted to really do, because I, there's not really a lot of podcasts out there that discuss Futurama, like, full-time, and, or if they have, they've all sort of faded away from existence, and uh, I want to do a complete uh, retrospective on the show, because I love the show, but I also wanted to get, because it's been around enough, there's, it's very rare if you find someone who's not seen it, or doesn't know it exists, um, or, let me rephrase that, they know it exists, but they still haven't seen it, so... Um, I put a call out on, on my Twitter feed, and you responded saying I'd be interested in talking about it because I know of it, but I haven't really watched the show from the beginning to what it is. And, uh, and so you volunteered your services to offer your thoughts. I and, did. And um, first, uh, for those who don't know what Futurama is, 
Uh, it's about a, a, a simpleton from the year 1999 who, and literally he's not just because he's from the past. He literally is stupid. And he goes all the way to the future to the year 2099 right on New Year's Eve um, or the year 3000 and begins to live his life there. Um, and that's what Futurama is. But what did you think of Space Pilot 3000, Rachel? Uh, yeah, he's a pretty stupid guy. That's kind of the main thing that you take away from the pilot, I think. Um, it's good, though. Uh, kind of, the immediate thing is, it's it's nice to see someone accept so easily the concept that they've been shifted a thousand years or a million years, if you like, in time. Very strange. Um, I enjoyed it, though. It was really funny. And, yeah, I am a little bit of a Futurama novice. You know, I've caught the odd 10 minutes here and there on TV, but to kind of, you know, watch it from the start. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Um, it was... Uh, the, actually, one of the things was, though, obviously... I don't know if your listeners may have come across the fact that I'm a little bit English, so there are a few <laughs> references in there that... Um, may have passed me by slightly in terms of not particularly knowing a whole lot on American history. So there's, uh, it took me a few minutes to work out which head of the president was, you know, which president's head was talking at any one time. Um, and, uh, Dick Clark, rock, Dick Clark's rocking Eve. I don't know what that is, except that it's in a thing from friends. So my whole frame of reference for that was friends, which is probably awful, but you know, uh, the Star Trek, um, References, you know, I've watched a little Big Bang Theory, and I date, you know, physicists and computer scientists exclusively. So I had a handle on those kind of references as wait, well. Wait, wait, wait! Nice Not to see. interrupt you, but you date them exclusively? Exclusively, I can't help it. There's some kind of, you know, like bias against me in the universe that wherever I go, this is who I find. So you know, I can't, I can't avoid it. You know, being aware of these kind of references. But no, um, it was funny. It was good. Um. But that's that's interesting though because the show is written by David X Cohen and a bunch of people who write the show. They besides besides the guy who created The Simpsons, Matt Groening, uh, he co-created the show. But the rest of them, they're all like giant actual. They've graduated with like PhDs in science and physics. See, there we go. This is like somebody made a show for me. I see. How have I not been watching it this whole time? <laughs> well, you're right. And, and but I just find that fascinating. Is that yeah? Because there are sometimes there, I know there's a joke in there that's very mathematical based or physics based, and I won't get it at all. But I know it's a science joke, uh, so I can recognize it. But yeah, um, like ah, science, very funny. Yeah, that's kind of where I am as well. And yeah, <laughs> that's okay though. I think. Oh no, totally. And uh, <laughs> now. One of the great things I love about the show is that, and it, it, the pilot is the the very beginning of, of obviously everything because it's the pilot of the show. But yeah. um, Fry and Leela, uh, yeah, yeah, the whole point where uh, like Leela tries to, she does feel for Fry in, in some small way, even though he, I mean he really is an idiot. And yeah. I, and I think that's the great thing about Fry is that Fry knows he's not the smartest guy in the world. And I think, and and also his life did suck. I mean, from what we saw in 1999, his girlfriend was cheating on him, but he didn't really, he, because it wasn't really clearly stated to him, he wasn't really sure, which I mean, to me is stupid. If she's obviously in a car in a taxi with another dude, dude, it's over. Yeah. 
But yeah. Fry, of course, it doesn't doesn't get that. So he's like, I think yeah, my girlfriend... still his girlfriend the whole way through, huh? And it's like, no, really, she's not. I, <laughs> I know, right? And, and then, but and the thing is too is that if I, I guess if my life sucked and I was flung far into the future, and you know everything seems cooler, I, I think I would think I would be like Fry for just even a second, where I'd be like, sweet. My life is cooler now. My life back then sucked. And then it's only when you start to remember the good times you had in the past, like he did with Michelle, even though, she, again, he's an idiot and she's cheating on him. He remembers the good times they had and he starts to feel bad because of that. So, yeah. um, now, why we watch the pilot again, I've been watching the show for years, but one of the things I've never noticed is that Bender, what from what you've seen clips of Bender before, what, yeah. what's your first opinion of Bender from what you've seen before watching the pilot? Previously, it was, you know, that's what obnoxious little robot. But um, <laughs> what I got from the pilot that I'd not noticed before is, like, just how tight he is and just, like, this whole idea of a robot who is so cheap that he will take the coin back from the suicide <laughs> machine. Right, and he's killing part. himself, too. That's <laughs> how... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, surely you can give away 25 cents when you're on the point of killing yourself, but, um... Yeah, yeah, you can figure, but, well, one of the things, though, I I thought was weird is that he, he, even though he's very cheap and he steals, it doesn't, that, I, I only got the impression that he was actually just cheap up until the point where... He got electrocuted by the light bulb thing or whatever when they were trapped, and after that he started. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That's well, funny. Well, no, it's one of those things where I never noticed it before because I always know Bender from you know, like you were saying, he's really obnoxious. Buy my shiny metal ass and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. And the only worst thing he did was is he was at, yeah because he felt bad that he was built building girders for suicide boost, so he had. It's obvious he has a conscious thing, he gets electrocuted, and he starts yeah. stealing Leela's ring and starts acting like a jerk. And it makes me wonder if if that like did something to him. But I, I don't know. Like I, I I just I just it was one of those random things that just hit me when I was watching. That I was like, wait a second, maybe Bender wasn't always this way, but maybe he is. I but but one of the great things now, maybe you didn't catch this. Did you do you think Fry was purposely frozen? I didn't. I feel like I should have now. <laughs> well, if you do get a chance to rewatch the episode, yeah, See, this is it. You know, I've only watched it one time. I probably no, should totally. have put a little more research before we tried. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I. Well, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to tell you exactly, and I, I don't. I would not hope you. Because to me, the reveal of what actually is happening is it's almost like it's not of course I love Futurama the other it's nothing will ever be as good as the reveal of Darth Vader I am your father but it's mm. it's it's a big enough reveal like that so I I would hope you would not spoil it for yourself but I will say if you didn't notice it check out the shadows of when Fry's chair is tipping over and you'll might see something that will become very evident as the few, next few episodes go on Right. right. Oh my goodness! Intrigue in Futurama. I was not expecting that. I know, right now, and see, that's, <laughs> the, that's the great thing is that everything that they Michelle, like the ex girlfriend, does come back in a later episode. Yeah. Um, and we also meet Fry's family. It's and Fry really is important, which which is interesting to me because again, he's a giant idiot. <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing. You know, we were just talking about um, Bender changing his mind when he gets electrocuted, but kind of with. Bender and Leela, and you know, everyone immediately 
seems to, you know, very, very quickly seems to come around to doing things Fry's way, bizarrely, and, you know, right. he's not so bright, bless him, and kind of, well, apparently not things ha- just <laughs> happened to him, you know, but, you know, it seems that everything accidentally have just happened to him, and, but, you know, also that these people who seem so much smarter than him kind of do what he wants, which is kind of strange. So, yeah, definitely important. Right, and I, I also find it funny that Professor Farnsworth somehow, against all odds, is actually a, a very smart individual, despite mm. Fry's lineage, I guess. Or yeah, his, yeah, that's true. Which, I uh, was distracted by the fact he just has a DNA machine hanging out in his house. You know, in a spaceship, but... Um, <laughs> Well, that's the professor. Machine Rice. Yeah, because you, yeah, it, 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 I think it's episode two, like, they, they have something where he has, like, doomsday devices everywhere. You know, right. he's like, oh, good news, everyone. There's a doomsday device I haven't used yet. And it's like, you've used others. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah. And the great, and the other interesting thing is you've not met all the, uh, in the pilot, which I think is interesting, you've not met some of the other characters that is, are considered beloved on the show. Like the yeah. Zoidberg and uh, Hermes, Amy, and I mean, it really is setting up the whole basis of the show. Mm. Um, oh, d- did you catch the alien language? The what? Sorry. The alien language in the in the background. It, it, I I I I'm not good at stuff like that. Like you know, trans like figuring out like puzzles and stuff like that. I, I just I'm not that. I'm dyslexic, so it, I have problems with it. But. Uh, oh. Uh, there's a, uh, but I, as I read it on the internet after I watched the series, and I was like, oh, really? That actually means something. They just didn't put weird, like, because again, they're all physicists. They created their own, like, they created three alien languages and no hit it. No way. Uh, no, I didn't pick up the email, like, buildings and stuff, like, written into the the background, that kind of thing, or speech? Yeah, it's, uh, not speech what from what we've that. seen, but, uh, like, the, like, when they're hiding out in the bar, uh, from Leela, there's a big yeah. sign that says "Slurm Drink." It, it says, I, "I was smart enough to figure out today." It, oh, that means drink because it's there's like a D R I N. That's five letters, and it, it, but it's all in alien language, and it says eh, "Slurm," and which yeah. is a yeah, and that that stands for drink, and and then they have those letters characterized and spread through all like when they're escaping. There's like graffiti on the wall written in the alien language. Um, and because there's giant, you know, people out there that just love that, love puzzles and stuff like that, they yeah. broke it down, I think, within, like, two episodes of what the entire thing means. So, it... That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and sometimes, it's like you were saying, there's, like, they're like sometimes there's just scientific jokes that are thrown in there in mm-hmm. language, which is, yeah, that really can't happen, or that can really happen, stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I love that. The little extras that get show, uh, thrown into shows like this, you know, in the background that you don't pick up on until you watched it two or three times. So, yeah, I'm going to need to go back through this again. Right. Well, background well, thing. Well, that's the other weird thing. That apparently, Matt Groening, uh, well, and again, this show came out, like, right... When did DVRs come out? I, I mean, I don't... I To me, I think they came out, like... TiVo was out in, like, 2001, I thought, but we didn't... It wasn't, like, a major household thing until, like, 2003, 2004. Yeah. How was how was it over there in, in in the UK? Was it the same thing, similar or? Um, like in terms of getting like TiVo and that kind of thing, I don't well, know if we have that. I can't remember when Futurama came out over here. Um, well, I mean, I, I, no, you guys I've had, been aware of it for like the last five, like four years, five years or so. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I'm just intrigued by that just because, um, well, DVRs here, you know, we can tape show. It's almost like a, a digital video, a VCR. Um, yeah, the DVDs. They, we don't really have that. A lot of our stuff really? online. Wow, wow. Well, but, see, that's the great thing, too. I would, well, I I'm, I hear it's the, one of the great things is that your guys' networks, uh, the BBC and all that, that's all yeah. sponsored by the government, isn't it? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, there's a um, TV license that we pay, which funds the BBC, and then everything else is funded by advertising. Um, nice. Yeah, and then BBC and, like, all the other main channels over here, they have everything pretty much online, and that's kind of been since about 2008 that they've started doing that. Oh, wow, okay. So that's been fantastic. Um yeah, so that's been really good. Well, because, I mean, well, I've, I'm now into Doctor Who, and one of the... Yeah, I love Doctor Who. Absolutely love Doctor Who. And one of the weird things is that I can't get BBC America um, uh, here just because it's not on my cable thing, so I have to acquire it through other means. Um, yeah. Okay, my friend who has it DVRs it and then just rips it off the DVR and gives it to me. Uh mm-hmm. And he uh, he's telling me all about because I love British comedy. I love Monty Python. I love uh, a bit of Fry and Laurie. Love yeah. Hugh Laurie. And it makes me sad that people only think of him as House, and because I think his yeah. stuff is with with Fry is so much better. And, and not to say House is bad. I love House, but I do, I do. But yeah, like I love the thing. Um, was that Brass and Hugh Laurie at the MTV Awards a few years ago? And like Hugh Laurie speaking in you know his actual voice, and then Brass starts doing an English accent. Like so I thought we were going to do accents tonight. I think that's amazing because <laughs> nobody knows like Hugh Laurie, and you know I've known him in Blackadder forever and ever. So for him to go from this incredibly dorky, very British, you know, quite bumbly, awkward guy to House. It's just so ridiculous and so excellent to see. Like, I only started watching House, like, even in the last six months. I'd never seen it before. And, like, I love it, but I, I'm really happy that I did it that way round. Yeah. I kind of started with what he with what he started doing and then saw House later on. Well, okay, I, I love Rowan Atkinson, and I, and I love Hugh Laurie, but I try watching Blackadder, and maybe it's because it's a disconnect of... Because I love, I love history, too, and, and especially... And as Eddie Izzard says, because it's true... Uh, he's from Europe where all the history's from. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things I'm watching is, I, I guess there's a bit of disconnect on my part because I don't get what battles Rowan and, and the writers are referencing. And I, I only made it through half of season one. Um, See, season one's widely thought to be the worst. Really? Like, e- even you know, amongst like people who love these guys, love everything they do, like, mm-hmm. season one's a questionable one. It's like, And then there's... Two, two, three, four, which are fantastic, and like here the end of season four, which I won't talk about because you've not watched it, is kind of renowned as kind of one of the best sitcom endings ever to come out of the UK. Oh wow! Um, so season one is, I've not watched any of that. It's two, three, and four that are repeated constantly on TV over here. So stick with it; it's worth it. Okay, okay, because I've thought about just skipping ahead right to season two. Because isn't it true that Blackadder takes in? It's like a lineage of of the of Rowan Atkinson's character from the first season carried. Like so, season two is like a hundred years later with a dis- descendant, and so on and so on. Yeah, um, I, I think so. I, I'm not even sure if it's like a, a lineage thing. They just 
seem to jump between ages. So like season two, which is the first one that I watched, is like Elizabethan. Then Ooh. season three is uh, kind of, I think it's Renaissance, basically, you know, they're all wearing the, the giant trousers and, you know, powdered wigs. And then season four, which is the last one, is World War One. Um, right, and right. like they're all in the trenches and they're all in military uniform and yeah so yeah they just jump around all over the place but like two three four are the only ones i've seen i don't think i've ever seen any season one yeah well, um, it's on netflix so, now do you guys have netflix over there i think so i don't think i've used it but i think we have that okay because i because well initially i i got a little concerned because i was like a, you can find a way to get futurama like and you're like oh yeah sure i, I can get it and then I yeah. was just like, oh, well, do you have Netflix? It's on there. They have the entire thing on there. But then I was like, well, wait a minute. I, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know if, if you guys in the UK and Europe get Netflix or you have your own version of it where it's only so many different stuff is licensed over there or, or not. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not really sure. That, um, I kind of have access to the full DVD back catalog of Futurama. Um, nice. As my current physicist, uh, you know, <laughs> is a massive fan. So, yeah, I've been, I've been uh, pinching, hit, well, pinched his uh, season one DVDs to take a look at the pilot, which is quite handy, really. It worked out really well. well. Well, does he watch it? Did he watch it with you again when you were watching it and try to, if there was any scientific stuff, try to explain it to you or... No, that doesn't go down too well when he does that. But oh. uh, no, he sat and watched it with me. Um, like, uh, yeah, he absolutely loves it and kind of explained a few bits and pieces. But kind of mostly he kind of, you know, the, the voices were, because I was kind of aware of uh, that it's, is it Katie Segal? Is that a name who plays, who does the voice of Lila? Yeah. And, you know, so we chatted a little bit about that. That's my thing. I like linking people from TV shows to other TV shows and films and all that kind of geeky stuff. Um yeah, so we tried a little bit about it. He's a big fan. He's, you know, watched it forever. Um, so, yeah, it was. I think it was really nice for him as well to, like, kind of sit down and kind of see how I was reacting to it as well. Um, well so it was good. He's interested in this whole thing, by the way. I've had to send him away so he could... Uh, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, well, the, the, the plan will hopefully be that we get to release this uh, during our Christmas break while, while the normal show is off. GBG Presents will then sort of kick in and and air episodes, multiple sh- types of shows, this being one of them. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that, that would be the game plan. Um, yeah. Um, well, matter of fact, I'll throw this out there um, in case if anyone listening to this would like to, maybe they're new to Futurama uh, and, watch the sp- and watch Space Pilot 3000 and would like to comment on it, uh, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on, uh, or one of the episodes. Again, we're, being that we're recording this a little bit early, we might not get to it right away on the show, but we will get to it. And we'll somehow splice it in or something. Uh, 614-364-4088. Or you can email us at gbg.presents at gmail.com. And just make sure you put Futurama and then tell us your thoughts on the Space Pilot 3000. Or do you, did you watch it? Maybe you didn't like it, but why didn't you like it? Talk a little bit about that. Um, I, again, I, I love Futurama. I, I think it's... Uh, it, it, the first episode especially, it does have a little bit of a Simpsons vibe because they're not in the future right away. You know, um, sort of. Uh, What's the one joke I thought was very Simpsons-esque? Uh, right when he he ties his bike up to the to the thing, locks his bike up, and then he walks in and he and some guy steals the bike and goes Happy New Year and some. I, I just that, yeah, that felt very Simpsons-y. Right, yeah. And then after that, right when they hit three thousand, it becomes a very different, completely different vibe, which I think as it probably mm-hmm. should. But uh, but yeah, I. 
But yeah, everything uh, for those watching the sh- uh, who've never watched the show, like you, Rachel, uh, uh, Richard Nixon, the head of Richard Nixon, comes in to play yeah. a big uh-huh. part. Um, Fry and Leela, and then Fry and Bender's friendship, uh, amongst other things, and of course the sh- the weird shadows of where Fry got knocked in. So for those following the first time, go back, check it out, see what you might think about that, and. Um, did you have any other thoughts, Rachel, you would like to throw out there, perchance, about the Space Pilot 3000? Um, I don't know. I think it's good to watch. It, I think it's really good that, you know, it, there's that little bit of Simpsons in there. It kind of eases you into it slightly, you know, something familiar, and then it changes so completely. I think it's really funny. I think it's, you know, I definitely would watch the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess let yeah. me ask this. How many episodes would it take you before you, I mean, because it seems like you already like it, but at what point would be uh-huh. the final straw, the final straw? Like, say... The series, it was good, but it wasn't as it wasn't that good that you want to keep watching it. What point? How many episodes would it probably take you, or it, or is it already at the point where you do like it enough that you would watch all all the episodes? See, I'm pretty loyal, so once I get into a show properly, you know, mm-hmm. I tend to stick with it. So, nice. for example, when Grey's Anatomy had that little dip in seasons four and five, you know, I stuck with it, and it was worthwhile, because they picked right up again through season six. Um, so, you know, I don't like to commit myself too early, so let's give it another couple of episodes and see how we get on. I, I, I applaud you. Being that, uh, <laughs> I no, no, I, I used to, I, I, I still like to be that way, but I think because I... I I like literally two weeks ago. I, I literally sat down and watched almost any new show I could get my hands on, so I could review it for Examiner. And I swear to God that I wanted to cry because a I didn't have enough time to write all the reviews I was wanting to. B um, a, some of the shows were just god awful, horrible, which is good <laughs> premises. Yeah. And 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 I'm just going like, oh my lord, this show should work, but it doesn't. It's just so bad. Or or. Or uh, what's one? Uh, do you did you guys get heroes? Yeah, you guys got heroes over there in the UK, didn't you? Did you watch heroes? Yeah. I watched um, seasons two and three of Heroes when oh. I was at uni. Wasn't that the one where they like split it right in the middle? Like two and three, I've definitely seen, and then I, I don't think I, I think yeah. that was weird because I loved those series, and then it came back on again at the start of season four, and just none of it. I just didn't watch it like a single bit of it. Oh um, man. See, and like it got absolutely panned by everyone I know and by everyone really who ever watched it, which is a shame because the bits I watched I thought were pretty good. But then again, not enough to right. keep me interested when the people I watched it with lost interest. So I don't know. It was a shame. Well, w- the reason why I brought that up is because Heroes was a show that right from season one, if you would ever go back and watch season one, it is one of the best television shows up until the final five minutes of the f- of the season one finale. Right, like they built it up so wonderfully, and then literally it became down to, uh oh, we don't really know how to end this. Yeah, and then season two was they had so many. I don't know what happened. I, it, I it, oh, it's so bad. It's so <laughs> and the thing is, I stuck with it. I stuck with it because you know there was some stuff they did in season two that I thought you know was they they could recover from this. This was actually interesting. And then season three, they like people wouldn't use their powers in common sense situations. Like Parkman, uh, Greg Grunberg, who I love him, I, I he's fantastic. But the dude just always like he walks into a hospital, freaking out that people are going to you know find out who he is. And I'm like, if they find out, a you can read their mind, b you can make them, you can change their mind, and c you know uh, all of the above. 
and yeah. and he freaks out about it, and and so then he doesn't go into the hospital, and I'm like, what? No, no, come on, common sense would kick in, and then yeah, and I remember Tim Kring, uh, the guy who created the show, like I think it's the season yes. two opener. They do like a, a flash into the future or something with future Peter running away, and you find out it's from Claire, the cheerleader, the girl he saved. And she's, yeah. like, hunting him. And, okay, now Peter can teleport anywhere. Why doesn't he just teleport the fuck out of there into some completely different area? And Tim Crane's like, I just want to do, like, one of those Nor shots of someone running around with shadows on the wall. I'm like, yes, yeah. but with a guy who can teleport, that doesn't make any sense. Any sense at all, no. Well, see, no, maybe I need to watch season one, because, like, obviously I've missed out on the key part of Heroes here. The part is actually good TV. Well, no, I, the thing is that season two wasn't that bad. It's just, you could tell, well, I, I call it, I have different names for syndromes that shows, like, tropes that shows go through. Um, mm. And heroes, uh, a hero syndrome is is where you have a really good first season, you have a really good buildup, and then you try to start listening to what the fans want, which is what Lost did, but now the penguin... I was going to say, isn't this what happened with Lost? Because like, I've, n- I've never seen a single episode of Lost, like Channel 4, where they played it over here. There was a trailer, and the trailer was like all these people dancing next to a cr- crashed plane, and like, you know, so this is all I know about Lost, other than the first series was excellent, and then it, like, to me, it just felt like it was going on and on, and everyone was watching it, but they were like, we're not too clear why we're still watching Watching it. Well, and then it got to the end and was a bit of a letdown. I, I, I think some people who just want to know what the mysteries, the answers to the mysteries were, stuck with it. I was yeah. one of those ones that was hooked, and I, I loved all of it. Now, I will say that there was some quality problems in season two, season three, mm-hmm. um, but they fixed it. Now, see, that's what Lost did. They tried to do what the fans wanted, and then they started doing what they wanted to do, but try to listen to some of the fans, but not all of them. And then by the middle of season three, they course corrected themselves, and yeah. and mostly I, I thought delivered. Uh, now, now of course everyone's opinion of the show is off also derived from the fact if you like the ending of the show or if you hated the of how they ended uh, lost. Um, so mm-hmm. that that also depends too if you ever do watch the show. But for me, I mean, even if without the ending or with the ending, I I, I thought that yeah, season two sort of sucked because it was literally this one guy looking around for his son. All he would do is scream, "Walt, Walt, where are you, Walt?" Which I guess if I had a kid and he was lost on a mysterious island, I guess I would go around screaming, "Walt!" all the time too. But that's not great TV. Well, but exactly though, right? Exactly, and 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 you know, it's not, it's not. So, but and luckily they they did sort of take care of that a little bit. But um, but by that time it was too late. People were were understandably frustrated with just some yeah. dude running around singing Walt all the time. Or uh, it would be, actually, it would be better if he was singing Walt because then he he could tap dance, do like <laughs> it's raining in the forest, a little soft shoe in the mud. Um, but uh, yeah, that didn't happen. I, you, I, I bet you got a little excited there for a second. Like, there's tap dancing and lost. That would be so good. Maybe I should watch it. No, but perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the whole the whole listening to the the fan thing. I mean, I don't know where. Like, back to Doctor Who. It's my go-to. I don't know where you guys are up to with that over there at the moment. I don't think it's too far behind where we are now, I think- which is just at the end of Matt Smith's second series. Yeah, it, it aired last Saturday. Sorry, say again? It, the, the finale, the season si- series six finale aired last Saturday. Okay, so you're at exactly the same point that we are. And like, 
I love it. Like, I never watched any of the, I've never seen any of the old stuff from like way back, but kind of when Chris Ferguson started, I got into it. I absolutely love it. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, an unreasonable attachment to David Tennant and I'm a big fan of Matt Smith. Um, but what has been over here is kind of a lot of the fans usually grown ups rather than kids saying about how complicated it's got and like, you know, it's too scary and it doesn't make any sense. And like, it's kind of the difficulty of balancing a show so that people keep watching it with kind of, I feel at a point being like, okay, fans, but shush, because we have an idea of where we want to take this show. And like, it's so easy to ruin a TV show by having too many voices. I think. Yeah. That's my view anyway. No, no. Well, now here's the thing. Like I, like you, I, well, I got bored during, well, I had surgery, so I was off work for a lot, and I had nothing to do, and one of the things that, I watch Craig Ferguson all the time, Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, and I absolutely love the show, but he loves Doctor Who. Yeah, this is a Scottish guy, yeah? I'm sorry, I don't really know much about him, oh, but no, I've seen fine. a few things on YouTube. Is this Craig Ferguson? Yeah, that, that Craig Ferguson. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's creepy Scottish guy, creepy Conan guy, uh, Scottish Conan <laughs> guy, and he, uh, he... He literally loves Doctor Who, and he remember and again, and he would talk about it so much, and he would make a big deal that um, no other talk show in terms of major U.S. late night talk show would have anyone on from Doctor Who. But he would get like um, the girl who was in ER who plays River Song and Matt Smith, yeah, Alex Kingston, yeah, yeah, it got Alex Kingston, and they, he would bring all these people on the show because he genuinely loves the show and would and would interview them. And the clips they would show got me a little interested, and so finally I said, you know what, I'm going to start it from the beginning, and I started with Chris Eggleston, who. By the way, season one was in Heroes. He was the Invisible Man. Just to yeah, throw, yeah, I remember. Yeah, throw that out there. And then, uh, and I remember watching it. And I'll see. I know Piper. Uh, is it Billy Piper? Billy Piper. Yeah, I know her from Secret Diary of a Call Girl. Well, only the, yeah. the first season only because after I watched a few episodes of season two, I'm like, they're just redoing the first season and not in a good way. Um, sure. And as a man who likes sex stuff, I, I was just you know because I'm a man. I was so, just like, as a man, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I have to throw it out there because I don't sit there and just like, you know, ooh, sex. I want to watch it. Like, there's <laughs> one guy I, I know. He's a very nice guy. As a matter of fact, he's my Doctor Who. Uh, you know, he helps me with my Doctor Who to get get my fix of Doctor Who and when new episodes air. So I nice. don't mean to slam the guy, but like, literally, he's like, "Did you watch that new show with Sarah Michelle Gellar?" I'm like, "What? Uh, yeah, I did. It's really good." And he's like, "Does she get naked or do anything?" I'm like, "No, dude. I don't pay attention. I, I'm not. That's not why I watch the show. I watch it because <laughs> I want to be entertained." And he goes, well, that entertains me. Well, okay, dude, whatever. Yeah, sure. yeah, so like, so I watched it because, oh, it looked like it was an interesting story. And then, uh, yeah, it kept repeating. But that's how I know her. So then when I watched the first episode, uh, the pilot of the series one reboot, I was like, well, not reboot, uh, redux, I guess you would call it. I was greatly surprised. Like, hey, it's Billy Piper. And it's the mm-hmm. guy from Heroes. Which I guess he was really from this first. And but it was okay. I didn't really because again I didn't understand the history of it. And then by the yeah. end of the se- series one, before when all like the bad wolf stuff kept coming up, I became madly hooked. And then David Tennant descended from on high and became the new Doctor. And I fell yeah. immediately in love with Doctor Who to the point yeah. where it's all I could talk about for a few weeks. And I annoyed my family with it. My mom said. You have to show me this because if not, you're not going to stop talking about it. <laughs> and she watched it. I did and- that with my mum in West Wing a few years ago. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it, it's excellent. It was so good when um, David Tennant joined. I mean, I really like Christopher Eccleston, and like I remember. Um, being so sad when he left, and then I know, right? And then it was like he was completely different, and like it just stepped up a gear and just became amazing. And like what they didn't do so much 
um, when they restarted the show was kind of have all these stories that kind of intertwine and go all the way through. And then the further through and the further through we get, like, through two, three, four, and then into when Matt Smith started, you know, so just such clever writing and like we just don't have enough of that over here like we really really don't i mean you guys have just been blessed with the x factor over there i believe you know this is the kind of tv that we've been watching for years and years and you know we're much smaller we have a lot less choice of what's on tv are you saying blessed in a sarcastic way because uh, or are you saying (laughs) i wouldn't you know like to say one way or the other you've got to give it some time and uh, see how you feel about it okay because well, I don't like those type of shows in general, I guess. Yeah. Like, well, I, cause I remember American Idol and yeah, I, I don't, I mean, congr- I hope they're successful with the show. It's just not my thing. But I remember American Idol came yeah. out here and it bombed the first season, but they brought it back anyway. Uh, up mm-hmm. until the very last few episodes when it became the, the, you know, the competition got fierce and then, yeah. and then it blew up. And then, you know, and now they're saying X Factor over here is not doing great. And I'm just like, Give it time. It's going to blow up like it did with American Idol. You people are all freaking out. And, again, I would hope it wouldn't, but, because, again, it's not my show. I'm not going to – I don't want to poo-poo on anyone else's little enjoyment factor of that. Enjoyment factor, pun being it's the X factor. Anyway. Well, thank you. Thank you. I worked really hard on that. No, I didn't. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. Um, We've been working to that joke all the way through the conversation. I know, right? It's like the whole <laughs> joke has really been about not Futurama, but really about yeah. the basis of the X Factor show. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but now I, now, but I thought it was weird when Matt Smith came on. I, I didn't, and I hate to say this because I loved him when I would see clips of him in, in smaller doses, but when I would watch yes. Series 5 as a whole... Again, I miss Tenet incredibly much, but everyone mm-hmm. kept saying Series 6 is is really good, and it might explain why you know you might see a different side of them, and it was sort of true, because yep. it's almost like Series 5 was all about trying to, sort of giving Amy a different sense of who he was. Yeah. Right, and, and so then when Series 6 came, I fell in love with Doctor Who all over, and I guess that's a pretty interesting concept, that every time there's a new Doctor, they give you plenty of time to fall in love with the new Doctor, and yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of changing the rules a little bit every time there's a new person, because obviously it's a new actor and they want to bring something new to it, etc., etc. Um, but, I mean, when David Tennant left, it wasn't just him that left. Like, a big chunk of the writing staff left, the director left, and the producer, you know, everyone left. They completely um, restarted with a whole new um, crew, you know, let alone, you know, writing staff rather than, um, as well as, like, Matt Smith and Karen Gillan and yeah, Alex Kingston coming back and all those things. So yeah, season five it was kind of starting over. And when David Tennant left, they did that year. I think it was it season four where they just did four specials through the year, yeah. which was a shame, you know, because like for me that was kind of just dragging it out a little bit. And in the last one of those, I was kind of disappointed because you could see David Tennant and Russell T Davis being very. You know, you could see them rather than just seeing the character. And it's like, we're really sad that this is over and, you know, but time to move on. And then Matt Smith came along and it was, you know, it was, I loved it. It was fantastic, complete, like, reboot and, 
Yeah, that was excellent. So very impressed and very happy with what they've done over the last two years. Even if they have started putting a mid-season break in it, how am I supposed to handle a mid-season break? This isn't something that happens here. I hope BBC America entirely responsible for this mid-season break. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's something that's very <laughs> common over here. and Because that's one of the things that I actually envy about the UK shows usually is that you guys show them all. Like, if it's a brand new series, you guys write it like it's an actual complete story. Story, and then if it's yeah. popular enough, then you bring it back. Like um, yeah. my dad, I, I told dad about Luther because I, my, my other friend who writes for Examiner, he's like, dude, Luther is a fantastic BBC series. You need it's on Netflix. You need to get that shit now. It's awesome. And then I fell mm-hmm. in love with Doctor Who. That got put on the back burner, and I've still not watched it. But I got my dad to watch it, and he's like, dude, it's a really good, it's a great series. And I, I'm glad I have BBC America because we live in separate counties or little towns with def- uh, different cable providers. And even though we right. have the same in general package, he gets BBC America and I don't. So mm. mom and dad watch Graham Norton and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And it makes me a little mad because I, sh- I love Sherlock. Oh, my God, I love Sherlock. I've not watched this yet. Because this is the oh. same guy that's writing Doctor Who now. And yes, like, I really need to watch that. It's it winning m- everything over here. Every award there is, Sherlock is winning it. Is it Moffat um, or Moffat? Moffat. Moffat. He is fantastic. Because during my <laughs> surgery time, I watched Coupling and fell in love I with... I watched a lot of this. Yeah, he created Coupling. That was his big thing. And then, sadly, they tried to do it over here. And, of course, as they sh- as it should have, because they did a horrible job with it. It's not his fault. The in- executives interfered like they do here in the States. They messed it right. up. And then um, he went, I, you know, I, I don't think he didn't ever left England, but he started doing more shows over there, and one of them being, like, Sherlock. And then and he, he would also occasionally write. He wrote some of the best episodes of, of during the, t- the Davies run, even. Um uh, like the don't uh, blink. He wrote blink. Yeah, yeah. And oh my god. What's the fr- the gr- uh, it's the one where they go to France and it's the oh my lord the robots are there. Um, this French lady and he, she keeps seeing the doctor in d- different intervals of her life, almost kind of like Amy Pond did a little bit. But um, yeah, it's really bizarre. Like oh, they're waiting for her mind to mature so they can take her mind out of her. It was something. I really, don't remember this one. Is this a Tennant one? This is yeah. This is a David Tennant one. I think it's either with Veronica or or Billy Piper, uh, Rose. Um, yeah, because uh, it starts off with this girl. These robots are attacking this uh, this uh, Renaissance based France like uh, palace, King Louis Palace, and this this French uh, madam is talking into the fireplace, going, "Doctor, you promised you'd help me before. I need you now." And then the doors open, and they cut back to the doctor and the TARDIS doing his thing, and oh, brilliant, brilliant, da 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 da, doing his stuff. And he goes and meets this little girl, and you realize that kind of like with Amy Pond did, he keeps meeting her in intervals in the future, and he promises her that the, the fireplace is like a weird doorway for him or something. It's yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it, it's one of my favorite episodes of of, of the, that run of of Tenet because yeah, I, is that an early one? Um, I think it's uh, series two or three. No, no, yeah. it has to be three because Veronica. Because didn't uh, Rose leave at the end of series two? Yeah, yeah, she did. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I need to go back. I have like a vague recollection of that one. and but, Yeah, no, I need to go back and watch that series again. Oh. Yeah, no, they're, they're all really good like that. There's a lot of like timey-wimey stuff going on and weird time streams and like even way back then. Oh, yeah. Because in the, um, I think in, in Don't Blink, there's the... Um, 
because that was one that was uh, just about the kind of the the supporting character. Like, don't blink. It was just this girl, I think, wasn't it? He was no one. She's not been in any before. She's not been in anyone since. And yeah. then David Tennant and um, the Doctor and Donna would just kind of r- randomly run by, and then it all kind of comes together at the end and just works out. You know how she's named the doctor and things, but he's been saving the life of life with these the stone angels the whole time, and like I know so that uh, that writing where it, it it just they never make sense until right at the end, and that's what I love so much about it. <laughs> well, but uh, yeah, it is excellent. Well, uh, Mofa uh, again, if I'm saying it right, he he really I think goes for the long con in terms of he, he wants you to. Long game. Yeah, he goes for the long game, and he also wants you to think when watching the episodes. He never just clearly. And again, that's one of the nice things is he still plays the doctor a little bit cheeky when he needs to be, but he plays it yeah. more that, you know, the doctor knows what's going on. And granted, yeah. he always does, but Davies play, always sort of played it up a bit, and I I, I, I appreciate that. So, But mm-hmm. I, I love Doctor Who. I love it, love it, love it. It's so nice to talk to some, somebody else, and who's from the, the country that it's based in. It's so nice to talk to someone from over there who, you know, watches the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it could be a good few hours on Doctor Who, so you know, maybe oh, we should segue back to Futurama. Futurama, I know, right? Oh, hey, it's a Futurama podcast. Look at that. Well, <laughs> what, what I was going to say, and to sort of, we'll tie it up with this, and uh, one of the things I like, but to, to translate it off of Doctor Who, or not transition, I should say, not translate, is uh, I love, I guess, sort of uh, stories of where two people love each other, but it's sort of a little off, just a little off, and I think Doctor, uh, Doctor Who's tenant run had mm-hmm. that with Rose where it's sort of yeah. like they shouldn't but they love each other and then they sort of yeah. get together but not yeah and I think in terms of Futurama like, that's Fry and Leela as you'll come to see mm-hmm. um, you know God love him he's an idiot but she sort of likes him but then again you know he's an idiot and yeah. you know uh, so but yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that was uh, our conversation <laughs> over Space Pilot 3000 with some other sci-fi talk in there in between <laughs> And uh, which is fine. I mean, again, this is the whole purpose. It creates a, a, a decent conversation because, again, Futurama covers everything. It covers, you know, uh, UK, uh, American, sci-fi, uh, physics, mathematics, uh, puzzles. Like, if you like to solve puzzles, there's the uh, alien language in the background. And uh, it's also taking a look at a show with a fresh set of eyes. Um, so that's – it's very – Awesome, and we will have to. Uh, did, did you think you did okay? Did, did you have fun doing this? You want to do another one? Yeah, absolutely. Well, then, freaking a. Well, we will be back then next week, or next ep- whenever we decide to air these next episode with Rachel, and we'll do. I think the episode two is the series has landed, and we will we will discuss that. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening. For those listening, just a few reminders. If you liked our show, then please go to iTunes, subscribe by searching for the keywords GBG Presents, and hit subscribe and and or just write us a review and let us know what you think of the show. Or if you like this episode and would like to share your own mini-review of the episode we talked about on tonight's episode, please email us at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com and in the subject line put Futurama and the title of the episode we reviewed. Or call and leave us a voicemail at 614-364-4088. Make sure to notate that this is about Futurama. Or heck, tweet us at our handle name, GBG Presents. We may read your email, tweet, or play your voicemail on our next episode. And finally, our show disclaimer. We are passionate fans talking about Futurama and in no way mean to intend or infringe on any copyright material owned by the creators of Futurama or 20th Century Fox. (laughs) 